Hey guys, it's Matt. This episode of Table 40 is presented by the Increase Discipleship Handbook. Have you got your copy yet? It's available at theincrease.com and is a great resource to help you along your faith journey. Pro athletes and others, including Leslie and I, are going through this handbook over the next few months. You can get your copy right now at theincrease.com. I know it'll help you in your spiritual journey. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Table 40 Podcast. Matt and Leslie here. Uh, we are diving in, continuing to dive into the Discipleship Handbook. As we roll through that, we are rolling into the week of sin, the problem of sin. So we are excited, as you could be, to talk about sin <laughs> and to dive into this chapter. So, Les, are you ready for sin? Oh, man, I guess I heard someone say one time that they say it about a lot of things, but um, I I don't struggle with sin. I'm really good at it. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah, I mean, I think that's all of our stories. I mean, sin's a part of all of our lives. And, and there's a what we're talking about today is the problem of sin. And just to do a quick review, like chapter one was this high view of God. Mm-hmm. And um, this opportunity for us to start to really, I guess, understand that God is worthy of our worship and he's holy and he created things out of created all of this out of nothing and that God is a God of order, not chaos. And just reminding ourselves when when life goes awry, because I think when we talk about sin or we think about sin, um, oftentimes, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, it's we feel sidelined and we feel like, no, we're not qualified to share our faith or we're not qualified to talk about Jesus because of our sin. But yet we have to go back to this high view of God to where God tells us how we can have a relationship with him and it's through Jesus Christ. And so I think it's just so important like for us to to value the teaching and the meditation of and the worship of this high view of God, because if we don't get that right, then we're not going to believe that we can go to Jesus with confidence when we do, when we sin. You, What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that part of our, our problem with, with the way we handle sin is is our distorted view of who God is and who Jesus is and, and sort of, um, I guess, the maybe even the, the world's maybe interpretation of who God is and that somehow um, when you sin that you should turn and run and that you're not good enough and you're not saved and you're not um, you're not a Christian and that I, I guess to me that <clears throat> that mindset of of turning and running from God in shame is the popular I guess the popular uh, play when you sin yeah instead of what God tells us is the play when we sin. Hey, and as you're saying that, like we learned that as young kids, you know what I mean? Like we're raising kids. And so, so often, like we see this with the kids. Like I remember one time specifically with Ethan, he was a little bitty boy and he was, um, had this really cool antique chair in the dining room and he was dressed like a ninja. Of course, remember he went through that phase where he dressed up like ninja or whatever whatever was on his mind he he dressed in that costume 
bucket of costumes. Yeah. And so this time in particular, he was a ninja and he had like a little, he had a knife in his hand, like straight out of the kitchen. And I don't know what he, what he was doing with it. But anyway, long story short, I have this antique chair and, and I'm telling you what, he's probably, gosh, baby, he was probably four years old at the time and just the cutest little ninja. And he has a little knife and, and I walk in there and I noticed there had been like cuts all over the chair. And of course I knew that he had did, he did that. He had the weapon in his hand, right? And it looked just like the knife that was in his hand on, on this, on this chair. And I was like, Hey buddy, I, I said, what happened to that chair? And he looked really funny. And to your point, like he couldn't just come out and tell me, Hey, I, with this knife, I cut that chair. Instead, he made up this big elaborate story and he was like, well, let me tell you what happened. He said, Sarge, which was the dog at the time, jumped on this chair and I couldn't believe it, but I watched him and he grabbed his little paws and he went like this on the chair. He was like, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And I looked at him and I was just like in awe of the sweet, innocent little boy that like you said, like ran from what actually happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we just learned this at a young age. It's like, we learn at a young age, like, I don't want to be completely honest here because I'm worried about the consequence of being honest here. And the problem with sin is it distorts the view of the person that loves you the most. So for me, like, I would have just loved it if Ethan would have said, this knife I have in my hand, I cut your really expensive antique chair. Sarge had nothing to do with it. And I would have taken the knife first and wrapped my arms around Ethan. And that would have been that. And he could have just gone on. You know what I mean? But I think the problem with sin, the main problem with sin, Matt, is it distorts the view of God. Like it, it makes God, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but like, I love that little boy so much. And he has I I love him so much that even in his sin, I just want him to tell me the truth. And I want him to know that, that he's mine and he's treasured, even though he ruined my chair. And I think it goes back to our first ancestors. I mean, when you talk about the shame they felt the first time they, that sin came into the world and just that was how they responded. And now that's how we respond as their ancestors so to speak of of sin is that was how they responded and that's how our our first instinct worldly instinct is to turn and lie and run and and hide yeah, yeah hide and, the truth at all costs so. even if you blame it on a sweet innocent dog so here's here's the deal okay so the first reflection question which i think is a really good thing to reflect on and we've talked about this a little bit um but how would you define sin I think that um, the author of this study, Natalie, does a really good job. She says the word sin in the Bible means to miss the mark or fail to fulfill a certain goal. On a fundamental level, sin is failing to love and honor God. And I wrote in here yourself and others as we were des designed to. And so um, I added the yourself because oftentimes when when we sin, we do sin um against ourselves like some of the things that we say about us or some of the things that that we do that the consequence falls on on our own self you know what i'm saying but i love the i love when we talk about sin just missing the mark because god does such an amazing job through scripture to show us the mark and and in our rebellion and in our rebellious spirits we miss the mark often 
no, I mean, I, I mean, missing the mark sounds a little bit nicer. That's like a, I don't know, this feels a little nicer than, um, you know, sort of, I, I don't know. I guess that probably is a better, healthier way for, for me to think about it. But I, I don't know. I, I, um, I don't know. I guess when you talk about sin, like a lot of times we go to like the, like the kind of the grossest, you know, parts of, of humanity. Um, but I guess, yeah, that, that probably makes more sense. Missing the mark. Yeah. And I think sin carries this um, idea that we violated the standard that God set out for us in this beautiful design that, that God clearly shows us in Genesis one and two, we violate that standard when, when we sin against the Lord. And, and she goes on to say in here that sin is not just doing bad things. That's the fruit of sin. It goes deeper to the root of our hearts. Sin is a fundamental disorientation of our hearts turned away from God. And I totally agree with that. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Like we talk about people think about sin. They think about the outward action and, uh, you know, instead of the root, it's the, it's the old, you know, weed in the garden, like thought of, well, if you just cut the weed, the root's still in there, mm -hmm. but you, if you get down in there and find out what the root of that is and, and some self-inspection of what, what is, you know, what is the root of this outward action or whatever? Um, I think a lot of times that's where we can pray that God will help us tear that root out instead of continually to think we can by ourselves cut the cut the head off the weed yeah no kidding and that is so that's so incredibly true i tried my hand at um gardening not too long ago and it's very overwhelming like i finally quit and decided you know what you had a really good career i'm gonna have to pay someone to take care of all of these weeds in the garden. It's very tedious. And the same is true in our own life. It's like, like things will just sprout up in our life because we in, or can, I guess, go maybe run rampant in our life because we didn't take the time to do the hard work of finding out where, where is that actually coming from? Where's the root in that? And I think that there is wisdom in finding your circle, whether it's in your small group or in your marriage. Like for us, I, I feel like, I feel like we have a, an honest enough relationship where we can hold each other accountable. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, but I do think that what I love a lot about our marriage is, is we can hold each other accountable to say, man, that, that right there needs to be addressed and, and be able to do the hard work of rooting up these things. And so um, anyway, I, I highly recommend talking to your spouse or, or getting into your local church and finding a group of people that you trust that can help you, get some of these things out that are just re just like making your life complicated and it's not necessary the beauty that god has has for you is uh is there's too many weeds we gotta we've got to figure out how to get those weeds out of there and so i think really the only way to do that is by understanding what the word of god says and um being spending time in scripture but also having a healthy community around you to help encourage you along your your journey to become more like christ yeah, I mean, I, I think that some self-inspection too, like when you have this repetitive sin in your life, sometimes like instead of behavior modification or talking, thinking about how I'm going to eliminate this and, you know, I think obviously triggers matter and, and avoiding some triggers, but I think sometimes it's like, okay, well, why do I keep doing this and what is the heart behind it? And I think that sometimes we have to really like 
go a little deeper than, okay, well, this triggers that and I'll just stop doing that because it leads to this. And sometimes you're just like, we're talking about it, Like you're just kind of, you know, you're not really getting to the, the bottom of, of what, you know, where in your heart that you've, you know, you, you've got some, some stuff. And like you said, having other people to help you kind of dig that up. But sometimes you just, you know, like instead of cleaning it up in your mind, well, I'll just, you know, we'll do it because I'll avoid it. And, and we, a lot of times that's how we do it. And then, you know, it comes up and you're like, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like, I, th- I think identifying, um, something that's been very helpful for me is identifying what they call like root idols in your life. And so, um, comfort is one and that's mine and, and people pleasing, um, also mine and (laughs) power. And I forgot the fourth one. We'll have to look it up while we're, while we're talking here, but there's four root idols that people tend to gravitate towards. And so, um, and, and mine is a, a root idol of comfort. And for me, like just, something that I feel comfortable sharing on podcast is when I feel um, like I feel real anxious or I feel overwhelmed or I feel like um, at times where I need comfort, like I'm addicted to my phone. I mean, I'll, I'll scroll through Instagram and just check out. And that's not what that, that doesn't like, it's not a bad thing in and of itself. It just doesn't produce the kind of fruit that God wants me to produce in my life. It, It is just mindless like scrolling because I have a root issue of where I'm overwhelmed. And so I'm seeking comfort through a means that really isn't going to provide that for me. And, and really what I need to do is put my phone down and get into the word or listen to Maverick city music is my favorite Pandora station or go on a run and pray and, and do some things that are going to move me towards um, allowing God to comfort me because that's what God does. And so, and that's just an example of the things that produce sin in my life, because what will happen is, is then I've got a rabbit trail. And so then like, I'll, I'll get on my phone and I'll start doing this. I'll start doing that. Then I start comparing and then I start getting jealous. And then I might say some mean things about so-and-so or whatever. And it's just like, it, it's just a, it's just a cycle in my life to where I, instead of going to the Lord for my comfort and my security, I'm going to this, this other space that I know darn well, isn't going to provide that. And so those are examples of things where you can start to have a grid for your own life. And um, you can just Google it like root idols. I believe it's Tim Keller that teaches it. Yeah. Google it. And then we'll know the fourth one. And so it is really fascinating to sit around and think about that and pray through like, okay, what is it that that at the root of these things that I am um, that I'm I'm running towards instead of running towards Jesus for in my particular case, like comfort when when I'm overwhelmed or I'm stressed. And so um, anyway, I think that that's a very valuable and practical thing that we can think through when we think about the problem of sin, because the problem of sin at its root is where our orientation and the things that that our heart, our heart should be moving towards God and, and uh, cultivating this uh, movement towards God. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Power. Power. A longing for influence or recognition. Control. Longing to have everything go according to my plan. Comfort. A longing for pleasure. Approval. A longing to be accepted or desired. Yeah. I would say as a younger woman, approval was more my deal. But as I've gotten older, it's the busyness of my life. I would say for sure, um, comfort. What about you? What's yours? Uh, I'm good at all of them. You're good at all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I would say, um, 
No, I would say that uh, control and comfort are probably the two that I would. Uh, but I think all of us are our own like control freaks yeah. a little bit. We like to have our own like we need everything to kind of. I'm yeah. sure more of us are worse. Some yeah. of us are worse than others, but um, those are probably my two. I just think those are that's a practical tool to identify roots. Like when I heard that for the very first time, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, all roads lead back to when I very first heard it, I was young. So all roads lead back to um, approval. And then now as I've gotten older, all roads lead back to seeking comfort in other places other than other than Jesus. And and when I am obedient to to seek comfort in Jesus, man, it goes a lot better for me. And so um, and that's why I need you to hold me accountable and say, hey, put your phone down, hang up and. Hang, Hang out. Let's do, <laughs> shut it off. I know what you're doing. So anyway, that, I hope that that that's helpful. It's sure been helpful for me identifying. I like to say that. Did you what? just check out right there? No. I'll catch you every now and then. I'm like, did you just check out? Are you? And you're like, yep. Oh yeah. Oh, when I'm on my phone. Yeah, oh, totally. When, you, when I see you and things are getting hectic, and you're, yeah. All of a sudden, I and, see you going like this. And I do. I do. When things get hectic, did that's my go-to out? move. I'll sit there and just like grab my phone and start scrolling because I. I do that. I mean, sometimes when things get wild, that's that's what I do. I'm just sharing it with all of my my friends on table 40. So now you know that about me. So anyway, if, it, if it's ever chaotic around my house and you see me grab my phone, hold me accountable because that's exactly what's happening. Checking out. All right. Here's a here's some great news when we talk about the problem of sin is that Romans 3:23 says, "For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God." And um Another thing in in Bible that is really encouraging is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so sin doesn't scare the Lord. That's why he came here. And so uh, you know, he knew exactly who he was saving on the cross. He knew the state of humanity. He knew that we were in trouble and we were in desperate need of a savior. And so the plan all along was to come and redeem humanity. And um, I think that that's something to consider and, and hold that as a non-negotiable in your mind and keep it very close to your heart. Because I think sometimes when we're in seasons of repetitive sin patterns, we can get overwhelmed and we can think that um, the the cross is not for me. And I think that that's, that's true. We've all been there in, in our life when we feel like um, we failed and um, we feel like the cross is for my, my sister over there, but Jesus, he doesn't want to save me. And that's not true. Um, what do you think about that? Matt? That he's run out of grace for us. Yeah, he's run I've out used, of grace from us. I've he used, used it all on my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true though. I think we do. I think we, I think we think crazy things when it comes to um, sin and the problem of sin, and and the. I, I do think we think um, crazy things. I've used all my coupons. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I'm done. I've maxed out my points. All right. She goes on to say that on, on page 21, I think that this is worth underlining that sin is a pervasive problem for everyone alike. No matter how we think we compare or stack up against other people, we often evaluate our own goodness by comparing ourselves to other people. But we are all accountable to our maker. We all fall short of his standard. In fact, we all fall short of our own standards much of the time. Held up against the brilliant holiness, purity, and moral blamelessness of God and his standards, we deserve one thing from him, just judgment for our sin. That is the only appropriate and good response from a perfect being that 
which is wrong, evil, rebellious, or void of faith and love. That's kind of fascinating. We do do that, Matt. Like sin is a pervasive problem. And oftentimes we compare or stack up against other people. We think about that. We compare like our sin with other people. Isn't that terrible? We all do it. Oh, I mean, I think the world is like, I don't know. I think that it promotes that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a good person because I'm not as bad as so that so. person. Yeah. Like, if you play that game, like, well, I mean, you know, I sin, but I don't do that. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that that's, that's all of us. But I mean, I think that, that until you completely grasp the gospel and like what sin really is when you go, oh, yeah, uh, the whole, you know, take the log out of, out of your eye. You know, I think that that's Jesus knew that this is an issue and obviously he knows he knows everything. But, you know, what I'm saying, but like yeah. he addressed this as very important that stop picking out your brother's sin and take a look at your own. Yeah. And and really, if you if you want to go crazy, like compare yourself to Jesus. And, and, you know, and that's what that's what this is saying here. If we evaluate our goodness and righteousness simply by comparing ourselves to others, we miss the reality of we miss the point like the point yeah what standard are you judging yourself yourself by and so we all need salvation we've all fallen short of the glory of god we're all like in the same predicament in the need of of jesus to rescue us because all of us have fallen short all of us have missed the mark all of us have a problem with sin that we need this redeemer for and i think that that's something that is very tempting and i think that that keeps you from not growing at all in your faith when you when when you look around and you see okay well i'm not struggling with alcohol like so and so i'm not and or i'm not struggling with addiction like so and so or i'm not struggling with these big like like culturally not acceptable things it doesn't matter that's not the point the point is is like there are things in all of our lives that need to be uprooted and that need to be we need this perspective shift we need like our hearts reoriented towards Jesus Christ. And every single one of us are in that, in that place, you know, and, and we got to knock it off. Like, well, I think no it, good. So we talk about like the comfort idol, like it gives us yeah. comfort to think about somebody else's sin that's worse than ours Yeah, in our mind. We've stacked it up and yeah. we, we've decided that, well, I don't have that one. So yeah. it gives us comfort to know, well, you know, I'm doing okay. You know, I, mean, I don't, at least I'm not doing that. And I think that that's, again, when talking about where we go we go wrong yeah that's right and and on page uh 22 of the discipleship handbook um there are six truths that help six truths that help us see more clearly what sin is and i think they're all good i want to highlight just a couple like truth number one is sin entered all creation sin entered all of creation through adam and eve and extends to everyone this is why this is what Christians call the original sin. And so we can see that in Genesis three. And it's something that if anybody was raised in church, they've probably heard it a million times. But I think it's very important to refresh exactly what happened in the garden um, from time to time, because it, it is absolutely like our story. It's our heritage it, that sin entered the whole world when Adam and Eve decided to reject the goodness of God and rebel against this beautiful design that God had. And, and it's, it's incredible when you, when you look at the Bible from this aerial view, because you see that God's amazing design in Genesis one and two, we're trying to recover that now. And, and we're trying to, um, 
recover Eden, so to speak, and that someday Jesus will return and there will be a new heaven and a new earth and, and it will be fully recovered and fully redeemed. And, and um, we will be able to live in this uninhibited fellowship with, with Jesus and uninhibited fellowship with God and others. And I think that, um, but when sin entered, there became this um, just grossness that entered this space too, to where we have not perfect fellowship with the Lord. Like it's sad. Yeah. I mean, I think that you see it everywhere too. Like it's not hard to spot where this world is fractured. Yeah. And so it's, um, you know, I think as we long for Jesus's return and the world to be reconciled, I think that you think about, I mean, sometimes we like to stay in our own little comfortable box where everything is, is going good. And then, but you realize that, you know, like I said, they're, 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 the world is fractured. It's it's not easy to, it's not hard to find yeah. evidence. That's right. I've heard it said that sin is like this virus that has corrupted all of existence. And in Isaiah 59, two, it says, your iniquities have made separation between you and your God. And so the, the problem with sin, um, if we go back to the title of this chapter, is this separation between God and man. Um, truth number two, sin separates us from God. And um, I, I just think that that right there it should should grieve our grieve our hearts. And that's why Jesus is such a gift. Um, move on down to sin or truth number five is sin is rooted in the heart. And I think that this is really important. And I wanted to highlight this one, there's six of them. So I didn't want to go through all of them just for sake of time, but sin is rooted in the heart. And I think that a really good measure of, of our hearts is to pay attention to the things that we think and the things that we say, because the Bible says from the fullness of our heart, our mouth will speak. And I know for me, um, sometimes when I'm, when I'm super grumpy or, uh, or I say like, I'm real short with the kids or very rarely when I'm real short with you, um, or even the dogs, like, like I, I have grown up enough in my faith to know that those are indicators. Like my words are indicators that I need to start spending time with the Lord, that I need more quiet time, that I need my music and my run and all of those things to kind of reorient my heart towards what how jesus wants me to live and, and ask for forgiveness like that's something we'll probably need to talk about before we quit talking about the problem of sin is just this confidence that i can go to the lord now and say please forgive me like i am on edge today and i think my, our words do reveal what's going on in our heart would you agree with that 100 i mean i i think that um like you talked about like when you when you talk to to friends or or like people that you would say are like your Christian brothers and sisters. And you like, when you talk to uh, some of them and you can tell like the fruit of their spirit is, is evident. And then you can tell that, you know, when you talk to some other people just by how they're, you can almost read their heart and how their heart is doing by the way they, they talk mm -hmm. and the way they treat and the way they, um, interact with people and so I, I think that that's i mean i think that that's out of like you said i mean now the fullness of your heart your mouth speaks um so it's a it's a pretty good checking point if you want to see where your heart's at yeah I, I agree and i think something too i i read the other day uh, that i found to be really 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 encouraging because as we talk about sin a lot of us can get 
overwhelmed because we're like, man, I'm, I, I battle this all the time and, and I'm, I'm in the thick of it. And I think I, I heard this really cool illustration not too long ago. And it said that there's, there's this picture of this battlefield and there's these two men in a battlefield and one is at rest, complete peace. And the other guy is like grinding it out. He is like anxious and heads on a swivel and he's worried and he's just battling. And, and, um, and he said, well, what now tell me the difference between the two men, the man that's at rest and the man that's, that's grinding it out and, and battling and anxious and all of those things. And he was like, man, number one, um, is not alive and, and he's dead. And man, number two is very much alive and realizes that he's in a battle. And I think that from a spiritual place, like those of us that are walking with the Lord and we have the spirit of God, like in us there, the battle is evidence that he's there. And if, if we like don't struggle at all with sin and there's not anxiety and worry and like this, this want to overcome um, and want to battle the things that are, that are uh, affecting our life in such a deep way. Um, we probably need to really evaluate where we are with the Lord. And I think evidence of the battle is evidence of our faith. You, what do you think about that? And, and I, it was really a profound thing because I think those that aren't alive in Christ, they're, they're just, they're, they're, man, they're, they're just, they don't care. They're dead to sin. Yeah. I mean, I think if your sin doesn't cause, keep you up a little bit at night or your um it doesn't cause you um a little bit of grief inside then yeah i mean you're probably not in a great spot i mean i i think that that's um yeah i mean i i think i agree i think that that's you know that's 100 percent right i mean i think that we're all living in this broken world with you know as sinners and we're we know what we should do. It's like Paul said, we know what we want to do and what we, we should do, but we don't do it. Yeah. And so I think that the, the grief in that to me is um, that uh, to me, that's, you know, that's the frustrating you know part is we want to do what's right, but we continually screw it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But because of Jesus, we're free to engage in this battle and and his mercies are new every morning and every morning the prayer is oh man let me let me grow more today let me become more like you today and and i think over time there is evidence of our growth i, I mean we've been married for 20 is it 22 years now and i can say with confidence the man that you are today is not the same man that i married 22 years ago and um i've seen god mature you and and the things that you struggled with back then you don't struggle with anymore and, and you're you know what i'm saying and i think that that's a really cool thing and i think sometimes we need to reflect on our life and we need to look back and um be excited about the victories that that we have had in our life they did that in the old testament they had little memorial stones and and i think that oftentimes we we don't do well um, let me rephrase that like i i think we need to do that more I think we need to reflect on our life a little bit more and start noticing the goodness of God and the victory that he's, um, that he's allowed to, to be accomplished in our stories and in our life. I mean, it's a beautiful thing when you sit and, and think about that. I want to, I want to close with Ephesians two, 
And so this is, I think, a really cool picture of the problem of sin and like, like who we were and, and who we are in Jesus. And Ephesians chapter two, verse one, it says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among who we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And so every single one of us are united in Genesis two, one through, um, what is it? Three. And I think that that's something to consider. And then while we were in this state, Jesus Christ died for us. That's what scripture says. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he knew exactly who he was saving. And he's acknowledging, Paul's acknowledging this in um, Ephesians. And then every time you see a but in the Bible, pay attention because it, it's it's wanting you to focus on, on the buts in the Bible. <laughs> so it says, but God. And so it's really cool. So we hear like, this is who we were. We were dead. We were the the warriors on the battlefield or the people on the battlefield that were at complete rest and not engaged in the battle at all. We were dead to sin. We were dead to all things spiritual. And it says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love and Oh, I'm sorry. I, I went fast. I haven't memorized. So I, I screwed that up. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. I'm going to pause right there. Christianity is about bringing dead things to life. And that is just as simple as it possibly can be. That's a simplified version of the gospel. Jesus Christ has the power to bring dead things to life. Think about Lazarus. Like Jesus is showing that miracle to show us this is the way things ought to be. I have the power to bring the dead to life. And so we are alive together with Jesus. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift from God, not a result from works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. And I just think that we should be very, very confident that um, Jesus had a plan. God had a plan from the very beginning um, to deal with the problem of sin. And he knows exactly who we are. And he saved us anyway. And it's because of God, like uh, by his grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, um, we can we can celebrate the fact that we don't have to live in this sin state forever and ever. <laughs> what do you I mean, what do you have? To, what do you say about that? <laughs> what? I mean, you just I mean, you can't read the whole like. 17 verses of the bible and say what do you have to say what do you think about that matt uh i think we should probably wrap it up they're probably tired of talking about sin yeah yeah move on to grace we get grace next week grace is fun grace is fun but sin is good too i think i think sin i mean it's not good but it's 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 a good opportunity to think about sin 
and then it helps spur worship. I feel like I say worship weird. Do I say worship weird? Worship. 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 It's, it moves us towards worship. 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 And so anyway, I can't wait for next week. I love talking about grace. Um, man, we, you, we're we going to be praying for you this week. We're going to be praying for you, obviously not specifically because we don't know everyone's names, but our prayer for you this week. In fact, that's what we're going to do. You're going to close this podcast in prayer and we're going to pray for our brothers and sisters that are tied up in sin. And I need you to pray that they start to believe the second half of Ephesians 2 that I read, that because of God, like whatever they got going on, they can confidently give it to Jesus because Jesus Christ is going to set them free. So there you go. That's what you need. From I me. need you to pray to close this podcast <laughs> out. Let's do it. Okay. This is like Bible study at the Holiday House. Yeah. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us together to to study uh, your word. We thank you for um, the opportunity to talk about sin. And God, we we thank you, God, that you forgive us of our sins and that you uh, died for us and that you knew this was going to happen. And God, that you came and and you died on the cross for us. Uh, We pray for all those that are listening, that are struggling with uh, different sins and, and different things in their life uh, that are that are holding them back from being um, what they what they want to be or what they're called to be. Uh, we pray that this week, God, that you would you would be near and that your grace uh, abounds and that Father, that they would lift those things up to you and they would feel that weight being lifted off of their hearts and that you would do that. And we thank you for all of our many blessings. We thank you for the opportunity to to be together and talk about the good news in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Enjoy your week, friends. All right. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Table 40. And you can find our podcast everywhere podcasts are found and at thesportspectrum.com. And if you're looking for a great resource, check out the Sports Spectrum magazine and order your copy today. The magazine has wonderful stories on sports and faith, and it's a perfect gift for kids and a sports fan who loves Jesus. Subscribe today to sportspectrum.com. And thanks again for checking out our show. And we will see you next time here on Table 40.